This is Eric Corey, and welcome to Season 2 of A Different Story with Eric Corey. Now, I started making these podcasts with one goal in mind, to provide a voice that seeks to find a different way that we talk to each other, instead of this nonstop exhibition of hatred that is the language of our time. I know that sounds Pollyannish, but someone has to do it. Now, this may not seem like the right time to try such a thing, given the insane level of conflict that fills our airwaves and our computer screens. The recent and ongoing events of the COVID outbreak, combined with the summer of protests and riots and a presidential election, has all given each side plenty of ammunition to fire at the other. So let me start by saying that I will admit it, yes, I am a partisan, and I believe that my arguments are correct. And given the opportunity, I could pulverize any opposition to my beliefs with volumes of documented facts. And I'm sure those who are in complete disagreement with my positions feel they can do the same. So where does that leave us all? And where is that common ground or common desire to end the arguing? What is the one thing that can get us all to start acting like adults and doing what is in the best interest of our children and the next generation of Americans? See, whether you like it or not, you, we, have the responsibility of maintaining our nation's core values and beliefs. I mean, isn't that what both sides claim to want? Saving the democracy or saving our country? Assuring the access for prosperity to all? I mean, that's what I hear both sides saying, even while they're using such pernicious language to destroy their enemies and any hope of a sane future. But there is an answer, and here comes that different story. So let's start with one basic fact. The truth we all seek and claim to exclusively hold is not an absolute. The truth is what you want or choose to believe, and it's entirely based on what is best for you and your family, as it should be. See, there will always be a set of facts or statistics or flat-out lies that you can use to support your position, and you will hold that as truth no matter the size or logic of your opposition. Let me explain this in more personal terms, and be honest with yourself as to which of these categories best describes you. This is an example that I used in a previous podcast, and for me, best represents the real dividing line in this country. Now, if you or any of your family members work for the government, whether it's state, local, or federal, or you're in a labor union that is primarily funded by government, well, what you want are higher taxes, more government, and you want to keep your fat pension. That's your truth, and nothing will change your mind. You will follow those who preach the same, regardless if it's fact or fiction, and you will defend that decision without compromise because it best serves your agenda. Now, I really don't have any problem with that. And conversely, if you work and live in the private sector world, well, your truth is higher taxes and more government regulation sucks, because it does. Larger government that infringes on your quest for prosperity is your enemy. And any source of news or reporting of facts that support that mindset, well, you'll believe and defend to the end as the absolute truth because it best serves your agenda. Again, no problem with that. But what I can no longer tolerate is that we don't recognize these fundamental differences and work to seek answers that best serves us all, as a civilized and enlightened society should. I mean, today we just up the fight and increase the vitriol until this divide turns into true hatred. A hatred that will one day lead to our mutual destruction, just as has happened throughout the history of man. You see, today we are no better than our Neanderthal ancestors who bludgeoned each other with sticks and stones over land to farm or animals to eat. 
So let's first start by admitting that we ain't that smart or enlightened. Because if we have any chance to move the evolution of our species forward, it must start with that admission. Now, I'm a results guy. In my business, I have no choice. I have to be a results guy. I have no time for symbolism over substance because symbolism is just a cheap parlor trick that appeals to emotion and discounts the facts. It's just a way for people to show you how much they care while doing nothing to actually give care. If you look closely enough, you will see it everywhere. I want substance, real tangible actions that actually does something that lifts us all, regardless of who we voted for in the last election. But here's the rub, and I apologize if you've heard this before, but I will repeat this mantra until I can no longer speak. It's always about the money. In today's different story, it's aimed at showing you how that insatiable quest for the money that drives us all is also the answer to bringing all this fighting to an end, or at least start us heading in the right direction. And beyond that, if we actually do stop fighting with each other and instead focus on those who play us like a cheap violin, well, there will be more than enough money for us all to have and live the life we want. Because the one thing this country has that no other country on the planet does is the unfettered opportunity for prosperity. If we could just stop fighting with each other long enough to see that our best years lie ahead. So here's how it works. And again, this is no secret. We just all need to accept the fact that everyone is acting like what they do is with the purest of intentions. And what's really happening is that we're all just digging for gold. And as I've said before, you're a fool if you buy into the virtue signaling of anyone without first looking at what's to be gained financially. So let me start with me. Full disclosure here, and to make my point that it's money that drives us all. Now, I'm making these podcasts so that I can make money doing this full-time and kick out new podcasts on a more regular basis. My hope is that my message will generate a following large enough so that I can quit my day job and spend all of my time pursuing my passion of serving my country. Now, that's the truth. Now, if you choose to tune me out because of my honest admission that I'm hoping to make money, well, so be it but at least I'm being honest with myself and my listeners. Now, with that mindset, let's look at all the other sources of news and information that we eagerly and incessantly consume. Now, if you listen to my last podcast entitled News and Media, you can get a deeper understanding of why they are who they are. But for this exercise, let's just say right versus left. Now, today, most news outlets overtly display their political leanings. There is hardly any pretense of independent thinking or unbiased reporting anymore. And the people who tune into those TV stations or radio stations or log on to their news feeds, well, they want to hear what they want to hear. They want to hear how terrible the other side is and what they did wrong today. And just like you would tune into Cartoon Network to laugh at silly characters doing silly things, well, so too do you tune into ABC or CNN or MSNBC or Fox to hear how the other side is ripping apart our democracy and how they need to be stopped. And that's how they make their money, by giving their audiences their daily ration of red meat that they demand and getting paid by sponsors who know that the more caustic the reporting, the larger the audience to see and hear their ads. And just like we will spend our money to see the two best fighters or great sporting teams duke it out to the death, well, so too will we tune in to see the battle right versus left because that's what sells. No one is watching a broadcast showing people doing extraordinary things to help other people in a charitable way. That's way too boring. We want a train wreck. And if you don't give us a train wreck, we're going to change the station to someone who will. 
It's just in our nature. It's a natural inclination to see death and destruction as entertainment. And right now, before our very eyes and with our willful participation, we have successfully been divided into two warring camps because the fomentation of this hatred and division is profitable. And the worst part of it all is that the level of hatred that is needed to fuel these purveyors of news and to gain audience for their sponsors is not only destroying our opportunity for unity, it is destroying and dividing families and friendships. Never more so than today have I witnessed such heartless actions aimed at dividing people in the name of prophets. There is no concern for public health when broadcasting or otherwise promoting hatred for the other side. And no thought is given to how it is so detrimental to our nation's well-beings. It's just only about the money and keeping the audience that feeds on this discontent that they create. So if you find this offensive, there is much you can do to change it. You just need to retarget your sights from guys like Sean Hannity or Don Lemon and put the crosshairs on the advertisers who pay these guys. Because nothing scares these advertisers who fund all this mayhem like an organized effort to boycott their products. You can see the effort everywhere. Major corporations buying valuable airtime to show you how woke or how compassionate or how accepting they are of whatever the cause of the day is. They'll all be wearing their mask and social distancing while pitching their goods and services just to show you how much they care about the world. But all they're really doing is saying, please don't get mad at us for all this chaos that we're funding. Just buy our products. So you see, the answer is quite simple. If you don't like what you hear or see, well, then don't buy the sponsor's products. And don't just tune to a different station. Actively work to destroy the sponsors who pay for this train wreck that you love to see. Now, the more adamant you are in your opposition to the reporting that you find offensive, well, the more effort you should put forth to make sure everyone knows that this company supports the news shows or websites that you despise. I'm not going to pick sides here because that's the beauty of it all. I don't need to. The masses will speak, and their numbers will become evident in the place where it matters most, the money. And the side that wins the day, well, that would depend on the effort put forth by their like-minded comrades. With the connected world such as we have today, a small group of dedicated people can wreak a lot of havoc for large corporations who hope to appeal to the largest of audiences. Any disruption in the branding of a company by impugning their reputation in the slightest could cost billions. And it doesn't take that much of an organized effort to make that happen. So if you don't like what they're saying on CNN or Fox, don't just not watch them. Be proactive and make a concerted effort to let the advertisers know that you don't approve of the programs that they're paying for. Let them know that you're not only going to stop buying their products, but you will encourage others to do the same. And again, it doesn't take much to freak them out, just a little. Now, the potential success for such movements by well-funded or well-targeted actions of this sort cannot be overstated. But the biggest targets are not the news media and their various outlets. It's the big boys that stand to lose the most, you know, the Googles and the Facebooks and the Twitters of the world. They feed on the plankton of the masses, and the masses are a fickle bunch. So let me give you one example of how this just may work. Now imagine if 70 million Trump supporters decided to move together as one and cancel their Twitter or their Facebook or their Google accounts in unison over what they believe to be censorship of the highest order, just as an example. Now don't get me wrong here, I'm not promoting this and I'm not delusional enough to believe that such a thing can actually happen, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't work. 
And if only a fraction of that number canceled their subscriptions over what they believed to be an injustice, well, they would shake these companies to their core. Let's just see how committed they are to their politics when the revenues tank. Now, this principle holds true across the media spectrum. It's all about the money, and sponsors that fund these outlets are a sensitive bunch. Even the slightest hint of any impropriety will send them running for cover. Now, we all tune into the big machine to get our daily fill of news and entertainment. We all contribute to the culture, and we buy the stuff that we're told is cool and is the best. You see, we are the economy, and we have such an untapped power base that if we choose to unify and exercise, well, there's nothing we can't change through the withholding of our money or the withholding of our support and encouraging like-minded people to do the same. Now, that also works in reverse. You can vigorously support the sponsors and patronize the advertisers of the program you like. Now, granted, that does not have as much of an impact as a boycott or bad press, But if enough people vote with their dollars, well, their voices will be so much louder than a single vote cast every two years. Now, like I said before, I'm not going to pick sides here. I'm not going to advise you who to boycott or who to support. That is a mechanism of a free marketplace. And while we still have the semblance of a free market, the actions of those who are more aggressive with the withholding of their money will overtake those who are more complacent and less concerned about the future. The majority can rule, and they will rule, if they do so with their money. And I have every confidence that the cream will rise to the top, and sanity will reign supreme on the playing field of an open marketplace. I think we would all be surprised to see how impactful we can actually be. This is Eric Corey, and thank you for listening.